As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming to you live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to Basketball Adjacent, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gerald Smith. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Basketball Adjacent Podcast, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gerald Smith. Uh, Before I introduce my guest for today's episode, I want to take the time to thank everybody that's been watching The Floor is Lava on Netflix, Uh, currently number one in the U.S., the U.K., Canada, all across the world. Uh, I'm on episode three, if you want to just skip straight to mine, but please watch all 10 episodes if you can. We appreciate the support uh, trying to get picked up for season two. Um, with that being said, I'd like to introduce my guest for today, uh, Jordan Canada, L.A. legend, uh, L.A. hoop legend, UCLA legend, uh, current member of the Seattle Storm and the WNBA. Jordan, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks for having me. It's a great day. Um, so I'm going to just jump right into it. Uh, but, you know, first and foremost, how are you holding up during quarantine? How's your family? Um, where are you based out of? How's that been going for you? Uh, I'm based out in LA. Uh, everything's been going good. Uh, just trying to stay active, work out as much as possible, stay away from people. I mean, that's basically it. My family's all healthy. Um, they've been staying in the house. So, you know, there's not much to do in LA right now because everything's on lockdown, but I've yeah. been really focused. Um, I came out to Seattle for about a week to work out with the staff and the trainers, and then I'm heading back to LA for a week before we go to Florida for season. So. Okay. Okay. So what is, uh, what we'll get into kind of your experience with the storm and everything like that. But since you mentioned it, what is season kind of looking like uh, going forward for you guys with all the quarantine and COVID protocols and stuff like that? Yeah. So we're headed to Florida. We're playing at the IMG Academy. Um, and I think it's Bredington, Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, we're going to be on lockdown for about three months. <laughs> um, you guys have the WNBA bubble like they have the NBA bubble? Uh, it's not quite like the NBA bubble, but I mean, you know, we got a little bit of activities and stuff inside the bubble. But yeah, basically, we're not allowed to leave for three months. Um, if you're five years and up in the, in the in the league, you can bring a plus one. So unfortunately, I can't bring a plus one. Wow. I yeah, I can't even bring. Um, there's no pet, so I can't bring my dog. Um, I have to share a villa with two of my other teammates. Um, I get my own room, but we just have to share everything yeah. else. Yeah. Um, 
So it's just going to be tough. It's basically like playing overseas and, and living like you're in college in a college dorm or apartment. It's basically wow. back to those times. But so you, got, so you got young homie pretty much. Basically. basically. <laughs> but I'm excited, though. Um, it's a chance for me to, you know, get away from LA, even though there's a ton of stuff and ton of cases going on in Florida. Yeah, I know. At least I'll be teammates. It's it's crazy, but I mean, it doesn't really apply to us because, like I said, we can't leave, so we yeah. got to stay there on campus for three months, only to the gym and back. So it's like it's not really that bad, but I mean, at least it's a, a chance for me to get away from LA since I've been in LA all my life, and it's time for me to take a break. So. It's a little weird that they would choose Florida as the location, knowing everything that's going on in Florida with all the, the rise in cases and everything like that. That doesn't really make sense to me. It was between it was between Vegas and, and Florida, but I think the reason why we didn't choose Vegas it was because um, the venue that we were going to play at, MGM Grand, it didn't have all the necessities and resources that, you know, IMG Academy has. I mean, it's a college prep school basically you're like living on campus on, on a college campus so they already had everything that we needed versus playing you know at a hotel venue yeah, yeah. um there's not really a lot of access to weight room and training facilities and all that stuff yeah. so it was a smart decision to play in florida and also because you know the nba is playing in florida so um that probably had a little bit to do with it even though yeah. we're playing two different uh spaces so will you guys have games and stuff going on at the same time? So you guys won't be – obviously, you're not allowed to leave the, leave the bubble, so it's not like you'll be able to go and watch any of those games. But you would think that, you, would think that, you know, you guys wouldn't be playing at the same time to where, like, you could have something to watch. Yeah, this is going to be interesting now that, you know, our seasons are going to be at the same time. I mean, sometimes it is, like, in the beginning of our season when they're in playoffs. Yeah. But now, I mean – it's just going to be – it's going to be tough. I want to see how that how that plays out. Um, but who knows? I mean, hopefully it doesn't affect our numbers, you know, and attendance, people watching the games. But, I mean, I think it should be fine. That's interesting. That's interesting. So, uh, to take it back just a little bit, give you a little backstory on, on Jordan. I think we first met maybe in, like, middle school. Um, you was at View Park and I was at Wilders uh, out in L.A. And we – like I'd basically see you um, when our Wilders girls team would play you guys in the, in the middle school basketball league. So I've known Jordan. Yeah. I've known Jordan for, for a little bit. And then we were fortunate enough to both go to UCLA, uh, her in much better circumstance than me being the UCLA basketball star that she was. Um, and then now I'd like to think that she's one of my really good friends. Um, so what uh, a question that I have for you is what was it like being the greatest basketball player in LA growing up? Oh, man. You, were, you were the myth, the legend, Jordan Canada. <laughs> I don't know about the greatest, um, but I am fortunate and blessed for a lot of people that have supported me throughout my career um, yeah. and just helped me get to where I am today. And that I guess the level or I don't know, uh, the level that I'm at today, um, it's been a crazy journey. Um, it's just, I don't, I don't really know how to describe it. I mean, I wouldn't be here without my friends and my family and coaches and everybody that has poured so much into me to help me to get to where I am. And to hear people like you call me the, the myth and the legend and one of the greatest of L.A., that really does 
hit home because that's exactly what um that's exactly what I want to be for LA and what I want to represent, especially on the women's side of the game. Yeah. Um, I want to be considered as one of the best to ever come out of LA on the women's yeah. side. So the fact that you're saying it, um, it does mean a lot to me. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, man, it's just, it's been a long journey. Oh, no, you already know. To me, you're the, you're the greatest uh, women's basketball player to ever lace them up. I ain't, ain't even no competition on this side. I, I appreciate that because there's, there's a lot of legends out there, so I'll take it. <laughs> um, so has it always been, like, as far as long as I've known you, it's always been kind of through basketball or around basketball or, let's say, basketball adjacent because of the podcast. Um, but has it always been basketball for you, or is there ever a time where it's like you thought yourself – you thought you saw yourself being more interested in something else or like another sport, another hobby or anything like that? Um, actually, before I even started thinking about basketball, I really wanted to run track. That was like my favorite sport. Really? And I tried, yeah, I tried out for track and I realized I wasn't cut out for it. it wasn't, <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> it, wasn't my, it wasn't my lifestyle. Just, just running. And that's it. Like that's it's too much. It's hard. I I even I I remember when I tried out. Um, I wasn't told that you know when you're a track runner you have to pace yourself. You know. Yeah. So when I tried out, I was just going full blast. I came out of the uh, gate. I had to run a a, a four hundred. Oh no no no. And I was going crazy. I was sprinting, and everybody that was behind me was at a good distance so I was like oh this is easy like yeah. I came to my last 100 I literally gassed. just I, I was gassed I, I quit I stopped and I stopped running <laughs> walked across the field and my dad's like what are you doing I was like yeah I'm not I can't run. <laughs> <laughs> I was like nah this is not it for me this is not meant for me yeah and then, I yeah I remember I had a similar experience my freshman year of high school when I thought that, you know, I was, you first going into high school, you want to try out every single sport that there is. So I did basketball, I did football, I ran track. Um, and I, I think it was similar to the first time that I ran the 400. I was like, I came out the gate 100%, you know, sprinting. I was like, oh, shit, like, I, I could do this. I'm beating everybody, like everybody behind me. We get about halfway through and I'm on like 25% and everybody's just now starting to build up to their top speed. And it's like, I wish somebody would have told me that going into the race because, you know, I, I didn't prepare myself for that. But yeah, track track is a whole a whole another beast. And, you know, thankfully, yeah. thankfully, we've been blessed to be talented in other sports that, that we didn't have to rely on track. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, kind of I talked a bit about, you know, how we met and growing up in L.A. But so what was it like for you? Um, to go to UCLA. Why'd you choose UCLA as, as your college of choice? Um, for many for many reasons. One was obviously the education. Uh, UCLA is obviously one of the top public schools yeah. in the country. Um, so that was number one. Education was really important to me. Two, at the time, my best friend committed there, Rissay Caldwell. You know who that is. Yep, yep. Shout out to Rissay. Shout out to Rissay. She don't follow me back on Instagram, but shout out to her. Today. I'll let her. I'll let her know. I'll let her know. I'll tell her to follow you back. But yeah, she had committed at the time, and uh, we were we were super close. So I was like, you know what? She told me like, hey, what if you came to UCLA? Like, we can you know have this 
this dynamic duo going. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's that's interesting. Wanting to play with your best friend, go to college with your best friend. Like, yeah. it sounds like a pleasant experience. Um, so that was also a reason. Um, and representing L.A., like, there's a ton of L.A. kids that I know that I've played against, um, played with, that have left and gone somewhere on the East Coast. Yeah. And have always chased a big name, whether it be UConn, Tennessee, Notre Dame, um, Louisville, like just all those top schools and even Stanford. And I just felt as a L.A. kid, like, why not stay home and and build something of your of my own and yeah. um, build a legacy and say that, like, I helped, like, uh, helped UCLA get to where it is yeah. now. Yeah. And that was something that was really important to me. I didn't want to chase another – I didn't want to chase another legacy. I didn't want to follow in people's footsteps. I, I want to be able to create my own thing. And so UCLA was just, like, a no-brainer for me after that's what I came down to the conclusion of wanting to do that. Mm-hmm. And then the rest is history. I mean, it was, it's been a hard journey, of course, but I think where UCLA is now, I like to think that I helped did – I helped – put something together and help create that legacy that UCLA Absolutely. has now. Absolutely. And uh, shout out to Coach Corey and the whole coaching staff over there. Obviously, um, having been for my freshman year um, and a, a part of my sophomore year, a women's scout team player and playing against you guys in practice, I saw firsthand like a lot of the care and love that not just Coach Corey, but the rest of our staff put into a lot of you guys. Exactly. And I feel like that – I would hope that that was a good part of the, the decision that you made too because she's honestly one of the greatest people that I've ever met in this world, especially in basketball because there can be a lot, of, a lot of tough people that you meet in basketball, but she's great. Um, what was it like playing for Coach Corey? What, did, what, had, what kind of impact has your relationship with Coach Corey had on your game? Uh, me and Coach Corey have had some ups and downs. We talk about this all the time. My, <laughs> first, my freshman and sophomore year – we butted heads a lot. Um, we did not agree on a lot of things. Um, and that's, you know, more so of me just being the stubborn, you know, kid, not really yeah. wanting to listen, wanting to do my own thing. Yeah. Um, and then junior year, we kind of hit this stride where we sat down and we were like, look, I can't be successful without you and vice versa. So yeah. we kind of talked it out. And ever since then, like our relationship has just been really good. Um, basketball outside of basketball like she's just been super helpful um and that's another reason why I committed to UCLA was just because just that um caring nature that she has in the whole staff like they just care about me um they cared about me as a woman more so than a basketball player and that's something that really stood out because nowadays a lot of coaches they only really there for you for your talent yeah um and so I could just tell, like, they were just really interested in things that I wanted to do off the court. Uh, they tried to help me in any aspect, in any area that I needed help in. And I could just tell that it was um, a pro- program that I wanted to play for. And so now our relationship is just great. Um, I still talk to all the coaches. Like, I still go back to the games. Um, I'm there whenever they need me and, and vice versa. So they've just been a really um, – a really big uh, help in my in my growth process. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, what overall? What would you say that your time at UCLA kind of meant to you and your career? Um, we t- you you kind of talked about being from LA and how it helps you you know put on for LA champion LA and kind of build that program for you know 
younger women uh, who grew up and hooped in LA that kind of want to stay in LA and put on for LA in the same fashion. But what, what did it mean to you in your career going forward? Um, it meant a lot to me. Um, like I said, just the, the village that I had at UCLA and just the experience that I've had overall in college, like it's helped me become the woman I am. It's helped me become more responsible. Um, it, it, makes me hold, hold me accountable for things that, you know, I need to get done. Um, very, made me become very independent. And just like I said, the support that I had, I don't think I would have been able to um, be where I am without yeah. everyone that was involved in the process and the growth process. So um, college was a really big growth step for me and, and getting into the real world and for yeah. all those people that put me through it, like it, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be the same if I went anywhere else. For sure. For sure. So 28, fast forward to 2018, uh, you go number five in the WNBA draft to the Seattle Storm. Uh, what was it like for you to see, I think there's a couple of videos online, kind of like your reaction during the draft. Uh, what was it like for you to see all the hard work that you had put in at, up to that point pay off? It was amazing. Um, when I, on draft night, I was just super nervous. But like excited really? and just, I don't think I've ever seen you nervous. Like, if you're being honest, yeah, like it's that's it's really nerve wracking because you don't know where you're gonna get drafted to. I mean, you kind of have like some, um, you kind of have some thought as to where you might go because you've yeah. talked to a couple of WNBA coaches, but you don't really know for sure. Yeah. So sit there, you know, and be one of the. 15 I think it was 12 or 15 girls that got invited to the draft like to be there and to just sit in that moment and realize like wow like my dream is actually about to come true yeah um it was just it was just nerve-wracking I was anxious but I was happy at the same time because it's like not a lot of girls get that opportunity and yeah. to hear my name called at number five which I low key was hoping and praying that it would be Seattle Storm. I kind of feel like I have, I know why you're saying that, but we'll, I'm, I'm going to get into that. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into that. But I was, yeah, I was hoping and praying that it would be Seattle. And when they called my name, I was just, I don't know. It was a feeling I couldn't describe at the time. It was just everything, all that hard work and all the memories that I created, all the, hardships that I've been through you think about that stuff when I um, when you're walking across the, the stage to get your jersey so um, yeah. it was a, it was an unbelievable night for sure what what has it been like for you uh with the current state of the world and you know knowing the feeling that you had on draft night the the emotions that you were feeling and seeing um you know having to them having to do a virtual draft this year what what what, what what's your your thoughts on that um they did a, well. First of all, they did a really good job um, with the virtual uh, WNBA draft. The first one, hopefully the last. Yeah. Um, but they did such a great job of trying to, you know, make the girls feel like you know this is an actual draft now. Your dreams are coming true. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, you kind of feel sad because this that's a really big moment. Yeah. Um, for college athletes, you know, to just have that moment to shine and just be there surrounded by, you know, your peers and all the other top um, players in your class. Like, it's just a moment and an experience that you want to have. And so the fact that they didn't get to have one in person, it's just, it's really sad, but they did such a good job doing the virtual, the draft. Yeah. Hopefully that's the last one, but. Let's hope so. I mean, wear, wear y'all masks, stay inside, 
keep quarantined yeah, so we don't gotta keep doing this keep it out here not wearing masks and all this other stuff but yeah yeah, yeah. we had to do uh my sister graduated my younger sister graduated from ucla this year um shout out to her and we had to do the whole virtual graduation thing at home and it was it was the weirdest thing ever it wasn't even like to where it was like live where it was on zoom and you could hear somebody call your name or anything like that it was pre-recorded um and then the video was so bad on youtube that it kept like skipping so it was like somebody would look like they're talking but there'd be no audio playing and then the video would skip forward and there'd be audio playing so i really felt for i felt for her and all the the seniors that were graduating uh you know across the world that had to do virtual yeah, that, i mean that's what kind of sucks because doing zoom and virtual grad like you never know what's gonna happen like it's not right. a guarantee that things are gonna run smoothly so right. that's really sad but right Right, right. So, so what was your uh, transition like from college to the WNBA personally? Like, did you feel like you made an impact on your team or the league that first year? Uh, was there anything that you struggled with? Anything you felt like you did well? Uh, excuse my French. Am I allowed to cuss on you? Yeah, go ahead. Say right. whatever you want. Um, it was hard as shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was. It was very difficult for many reasons. I mean. At UCLA, I was, you know, one of the star players. Um, basically, most of the plays now ran for me or Mo or, you know, just yeah. having that, that that limelight and then yeah. coming to a team where basically we're stacked. Yeah. And you got to sit behind one of the best point guards of all time, if not yeah. one of the best players of all time, and then come off the bench and try to – and try to – keep up the flow of the game or just to make sure you don't fuck up basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that was just really hard for me because I've never came off. I've never been off the bench. I've never come off the bench before. I don't know what my role is. I'm still trying to figure out like the team, the chemistry. I'm trying to figure out the terminology. I'm switching to different coaches, trying to figure out their coaching style. Your whole career like reset at that point, right? Basically, yeah, basically. And it was just, really hard to adjust i mean i i did lose a lot of confidence my first year just because i didn't know what to expect i didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. um and it kind of yeah it kind of brought my confidence down a little bit until we got to the playoffs and then by then i kind of figured out what my role was and i was starting to adjust a little bit um but even then like it was still difficult because I'm playing less minutes than I was in the regular season. And so now that kind of, it's kind of fixated in your mind. Oh, you're not going to play that much. Like it was just really difficult. Um, but I mean, I think it did prepare me for my second year. I yeah. mean, it was total, total opposite and total uh, shift of what I had to do for my first year coming into my second year. Yeah. 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 So what, um, being able to play for the Seattle Storm that first year, um, I know that there's there's a couple of players, or one in particular on that team that's kind of a favorite of yours. What was it like getting to play um, with one of your favorite players in Sue Bird and kind of learning from her, not just that first year, but you know, just overall uh, as you develop with the Storm? It's been one of the, the best experiences I've had when it comes to basketball. Um, just to see how she carries herself as a professional athlete on and off the court. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, she, I, I could just remember, um, I think it was either the first day or maybe the second day of training camp. 
you know, Sue Bird, she's a she's a legend. She she's yeah. played she's played in this game for many years. So she doesn't quite have to do training camp like, you know, a rookie. <laughs> she doesn't have to do everything. Yeah. So some days where she'll just sit on the sideline and, you know, she'll watch and while the rest of us are having training camp. And I just remember um, her coming up to me and she's like, hey, I just I just want to let you know, like, don't try and fill my shoes. Don't feel like you have to to be like me. Don't feel like you have to play um, play up to play up to my part because we're two different. We're two different PGs. We're two different players. We have two different game styles. Like, don't feel like you have all this expectation to come in and and to try and fill my shoes. We want you to play like you. We want you to contribute in the ways that you know how because that's what's going to make the team better. And to hear that from someone like her, especially someone I've looked up to for, for many years, to hear her say that, um, it just gave me a sense of calmness. Yeah. And I, because that's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, shit, like, I got to play behind Sue Bird. I got to <laughs> make sure I don't mess up. And, you know, and to, for her to say that, like, she didn't have to say that. Like, she's a veteran. She's been in this game for 18 years. He doesn't have to come up to me. He didn't owe you that at all. She didn't owe me that at all. But the fact that she was just like, hey, like, do you. Play your game. Like, don't worry about don't worry about expectations. Don't worry about trying to fill my shoes. Um, it's something that I really needed to hear. And yeah. so ever since then, like, she's just been great. Anytime I need advice, especially second, um, my second season when she sat out, she was there for home games. Like, you know, she would tell me things that she saw while she's sitting down watching the game. Or she would text the group chat, like, um, when we're on the road, she'd be like, hey, this is what I see. This is the team uh, that looks for this, looks for that. And so she's just very hands-on. She's very um, um, she's very demanding of our team in, in terms of, like, you know, how to carry ourselves. Yeah. Um, and she's just, yeah, she's just very hands-on. And so to have someone like that in my early career and just learn from her, is just amazing. So I'm very blessed to be playing behind her and with her. And with with all of that and kind of like the, the chemistry and the relationship you built with her and the team, how did it feel to come in that first year and win a championship? Man. I feel like it was kind of like the icing on top of the cake for you. Like it was, you it was the icing. The Seattle on Storm, you get to play with Sue Bird, and then you win a champion, you win a chip that first year. How does that feel? It goes by so fast, like to think – I was at college. I got to the Elite Eight, which was a very big thing for UCLA, especially yeah. women's basketball. So didn't really have time to celebrate that because then I got drafted. Then I got to turn around. I got to get ready for season. And then here we are winning the championship in my first year. Like, that's not something a lot of people can say and yeah. a lot of people can say. And I just remember sitting on the sideline with a minute left. I'm like, shit, I'm really about to be a, a, <laughs> like, And I just remember running out onto the course, screaming, running to my teammates. It's just an amazing feeling. Like, that's something I thought wouldn't happen my rookie year. I thought maybe it would take, like, a couple years. But yeah. having my first year, like, it's just a feeling that you want to get back. Like, you never get tired yeah. of winning. And so, man, it was like just – that's, that's, that's the the tough part. Like, that's the good and the bad part. It's like you get there your first year, you have the experience, you know what it takes to get there, you know what it's like playing at that level at, at that end of the season. But at the same time, it's like, damn, like, I want to chip my first year, so now I expect nothing less. 
for the rest exactly, of my career. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's the feeling that I'm, I feel like any athlete would have after winning a championship or not even winning a championship, just want to chase that, chase after that feeling of, of being a champion. And yeah. so now that I know what it's like, like I'm just hungry to yeah. get back after. So now that we have our full squad back, I mean, hopefully we might be able to do it again this year. So hopefully let's see, let's see. I, I got all faith in you. How have you, how have you seen like since that first year and to now you're going into year three, Yeah, year three, how have you seen your role kind of develop or, or change uh, amongst the team? Um, it's, it's changed. It's changed a lot now. Um, I kind of know, but I don't because like I said, my second year when Sue sat out, I had to step up and be yeah. a star. I had yeah. to come in and play a lot more minutes. Um, and become one of the leaders of the team and so you know it was kind of easy to adjust back into that role because obviously I experienced that most of my career yeah um, so now having to come back and coming off the bench again like how is my mindset going to change I mean now that I have the confidence I know I can go out there I know I can play with the best of them I know what I'm doing I know what to expect from teams and the coaching staff and my team as well so, I mean, for this season, whatever my role is, whether that be coming off the bench, whether it's starting or replacing somebody, it doesn't really matter. Like, I just want to come in and play my game yeah. and continue to grow um, from last year. So it's definitely going to be a different role this year, but I think I still will have um, more responsibility than I did my first year. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm just excited to get everybody back. I'm excited to play with everybody and have a full roster. And now that, you know, I've got my confidence back, I'm just excited to see what the season brings. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, best of luck. Um, I wish I could say when y'all come to LA, I'll be at the game, but I'll yeah. be I'll be supporting from afar. This yeah, season. next year, next year, hopefully. If, <laughs> if COVID, you know, if everything goes well and all this is, is over, hopefully we'll have a season where I can travel to LA again. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, especially during this time, um, something big that I've noticed amongst athletes, whether it be WNBA, NBA, NFL, um, even NASCAR, is making sure that you're using your platform to spread kind of the word about all the injustices that are going on, um, finding ways to support the movement that's kind of been at the forefront of athletics for, you know, some time, um, mainly just because there hasn't been like any athletics to participate in. Guys are, guys, girls are finding their, you know, their own ways to kind of contribute to what's going on in the world. Um, so something that I've been noticing that you've been doing on social media is this whole We Got Us Challenge. Um, so can you kind of describe to us what the what the We Got Us Challenge is and kind of what that means to you and what made you want to start something like that? Yeah, so me and my two other friends, um, Tim Barnes and Milton, Milton Doyle, um, we decided to come up with this We Got Us Challenge because, you know, there's a lot of small Black-owned businesses that don't get a lot of um, – they don't get a lot of notoriety and, you know, especially during this time where it's, it's a really, it's a struggle for us. Um, and just what, what's all going on in the world is just very sad, very disheartening. And so we wanted to do something positive um, instead of going out and protesting and, you know, being caught up in, you know, cause COVID yeah. going around, yeah. we wanted to make sure that we use our voice um, and just spread positivity. So basically what we're doing is just, um, a lot of people tag black owned businesses 
um, under our comments, under the video. And basically every week we try to promote them as much as possible, uh, whether that's buying some of their products, whether it's just sharing on our, on our feed and on our story, just getting the word out about their business. And they're able to tell us, you know, why they started their, their business, um, what their product is, um, uh, the outreach that they're trying to, the outreach that they're trying to get. Um, and that's basically it. Like we just want to promote our people as much as possible because we don't get a lot of notoriety. Um, so that's just one of the things that we thought was a good idea to do during this, this crazy time. Yeah. Are there, aside from that and kudos to you guys for, for doing that. I think I noticed, uh, my my cousin and my uncle's business, uh, Karen Marie Beauty, get a get a shout out during the we got this challenge. Shout out to the Ramlo Chan family and all of, everybody involved in Karen Marie Beauty. Um, but are there any? First of all, I didn't even know you were cousins. Yeah, so that's crazy. Small. Yeah, I played. Yeah, I played with her. I played with Alyssa. With Alyssa, yeah. My, my senior year in high school, which is so crazy, it's really a small world. Yes, yeah, um, so, I didn't even uh, know that that was their their um. I didn't even know that was their business until I clicked on their thing and I saw I was like this looks very familiar and I saw her <laughs> sister but I've never I've never met her sister personally. Oh okay okay. So I came in, I was like hey like you know I'm really interested in your business want to you know promote yeah. you as much as possible. She's like hey, like I'm Alyssa's sister. I don't yeah. know if I met. I was like that's crazy. Yeah, I hope they sent you some of the products cuz the products are amazing. Um and Alyssa, Alyssa and my younger sister, Sydney, are the same age. So that's, and their older brother, James, um, that like, they're just, they're my, my family. And so we've been, we rock with the, the whole brand and everything like that. So everybody go shop Karen Marie Beauty. I'll tag them. They're great people. Well, they actually did send me a product and I, I have been using them, which is, which has definitely been helpful for, for sure. sure. For sure. Well, you heard it from, you heard it from Jordan Canada. Go get it. Yeah, go um, get it. Are there are there any other particular ways that you enjoy kind of giving back to the community? Obviously, it's kind of hard right now with COVID and being stuck in the house, but when when not forced to be at home? Um, yeah, so I am really big on mentorship. Um, that's something that uh, I want to work towards, you know, as I continue to build my career. So mm -hmm. right now, obviously, um, it's more so based on around basketball. So um, Anybody that, that hits me up on Instagram or kid, younger girls that I know who, you know, they call me and they ask questions about basketball, about college, about life, whatever. And I try to help in, in any way possible. And, you know, GBL, the team that I played yeah. for um, growing up. But I, uh, sometimes I have Zoom calls with them. They want me to come on and I'll talk to them or any other um, AAU team or college team when they ask, oh, hey, can you jump on this Zoom call? Can you do this interview? Um, I'm always open to it just because when I was growing up, I didn't really necessarily have somebody to come back, yeah. and talk to me and speak to me, give me tips and advice as to how I can get to where I wanted to go. So now that's just like a big thing is, is mentorship. I try to help out young girls any way that I can. Um, Basketball related, non-basketball related, it doesn't matter. But that's probably something else that I've been doing um, if COVID wasn't a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what are, what are kind of some of the ways that you uh, like to take your mind off of basketball? 
So kind of with the show being called Basketball Adjacent, um, we kind of talk about, you know, obviously basketball affords you certain opportunities in life. It, it gives you, unless you meet certain people, unless you um, be able to do certain things. Is there anything that basketball has brought to you um, that you kind of enjoy doing outside of basketball? Um, I don't want to say what basketball has brought me, but, but I definitely enjoy like music. Um, I'm getting, you can say, trying to build my brand, my clothing brand. So that's something that I have been trying to work on um, outside of basketball. It's something that, you know, that makes me really happy and, and something that I really enjoy. Just the fashion world, music. Uh, those are probably like the two main things that I do outside of basketball. For sure. For sure. Well, since you brought up fashion, uh, before we before we wrap it up, let's talk about your style, man. Like, uh Besides me, who, who are some of your style influences? Like, you know, especially during the season, we get to see some of the fits that you, that you wear in the tunnel walk. Um, and you sometimes go to Instagram to show off some shoes or a solid fit every now and again. Is there anybody that you look up to style-wise or what kind of defines your style? Okay. Um, people that I look up to, there's a lot of people. I really like Russell Brook. Um, he's one of my favorite PGs, but just... His his level of his style is like all across the spectrum. Like he yeah. can he can pretty much dress up anything and make it look good. So him, um, I really do also like Sue Bird's style. I mean, she can dress. Uh, Megan Rapinoe's girlfriend, she can dress. Um, for guys, I'm trying to think. There's so many. Um, I like Shy Alexander's. I like the way he okay. dresses. Yeah. He's got he's got a cool little style. Um I mean I feel like that's enough. I feel like I need <laughs> that, that's you, pretty you good. Don't, don't want to give too many people don't wanna don't wanna fill up too many people's heads and assume that they, exactly. that they have too much influence on you. Well, uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today, Jordan. Um, you can follow Jordan on social media, on Instagram, at jcan. That's at J-A-2-E-C-A-N. And on Twitter, at Jordan underscore Canada. That's Jordan with the I, J-O-R-D-I-N underscore Canada. Um, thanks so much for joining us. Is there anything else that you want to say to the people before we sign off? No, I got nothing to say to people. Just, just stay at home, wear your mask, be safe. And thank you, Jared, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Um, this is really huge. This podcast is really huge. So um, very proud of you and continue doing what you're doing. And everybody, make sure y'all still go and, and support Flores Lava. <laughs> I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, uh, this has been the Basketball Adjacent Podcast. I'm your host, Gerald Smith. Um, check in with me on social media at Gerald H. Timms. That's J-E-R-R-O-L-D Smith backwards. Um, this has been Basketball Adjacent with Jordan Canada. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and tune in to the Basketball Adjacent Podcast on your favorite audio platform or always on Believe. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. Interested in advertising on the Basketball Adjacent Podcast? Hit me up on any social platform at at Gerald H. Timms. That's at sign J-E-R-R-O-L-D-H-T-I-M-S. And stay tuned for updates on bi-weekly episodes and what to expect next.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.